0: You got your Bible! Got your eye Bible? I got my eye Bible, too. I think I'm going to be using both tonight. It's really good to see you all here tonight. Hey, just so you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be here next week. (laughs) I ain't gonna be here. We eating some turkey. Biscuits. I said turkey. Did I say chicken? I say chicken? Maya said chicken. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <Fried> chicken. <laughs> <laughs> For real though. Ne- t- next Thursday night. Next Thursday night. Can you bring your mic down a little bit more? Next Thursday night. Uh, more, 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 more. Bring it down, bring it down. Uh, open up, open up the uh, Mark, Mark. Keep going, Tom. Just keep bringing it down to almost to where you can just hear my my voice from my amplifier and my throat. Mark chapter five. Thank you. That's good right there. Mark chapter five. Next Thursday. We're not going to be here because next Thursday we're going to be cooking up some turkeys. I don't know what you eat for Thanksgiving, but I eat turkey. I eat turkey with biscuits, gravy, not biscuits and gravy, but just biscuits, gravy. And uh, what else do you eat for, for Thanksgiving? Ham. Some of you guys eat ham. Stuffing. Mashed potatoes. Cranberry sauce. Pancakes, stuffing, yeah. Mick, somebody over here. S- s- cranberry sauce said that. Ashley, I think I think I think you said McDonald's. I couldn't hear. I. Oh, oh, oh. McDonald's. <laughs> Mariah. So we will not be here next Thursday. We'll be here the following Thursday, which I think is December 2nd, 3rd. Cool. Nobody else knows. I feel better by myself. You there? Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. If this is your first time and you feel very cold, it's okay. Uh, th- this is our life. And... uh Whenever winter comes, you just, you put an extra shirt on underneath, you know, and uh, you wear three pairs of socks, you wear a boot, Reed, Reed Anderson is back in the house, give it up for Reed. <laughs> so you're like, you don't even know why you're clapping, you're just clapping. Reed. <laughs> Uh, uh, Reed, uh, Reed got his Achilles jacked up. Stab, yeah, sorry. Uh, crazy fight, you know, somebody pulled out a knife, and I was like, Reed! He's like, I got this dog! And, uh, scissors! I it was a thousand knife, scissors. And, uh, no, a real, though, like, his Achilles ripped off his muscle, and, I think it went to the bottom of your heel, right? Or no, it all went to the top. I think it all went to the top. Yeah, it just exploded. uh, But he's alive, praise God. And he's here. Okay. Reads back. Thanksgiving turkey next Thursday. Mark chapter 5, verse 21 tonight. You got your Bible? Did I say 21? Okay. I'm trying to read out of the New Living Okay, you ready? I'm just gonna read New Living in Faith, because I don't know if it's the translation. Oh, hey guys, good to see you tonight, and you look good. Okay, verse verse 21. Jesus, say Jesus. Jesus got into the boat again. Say again. This finger here, here, because again has nothing to do with my message, and went back to the other side. Say other side of the lake where a large, say fat, crowd gathered around him. Jesus on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. Jairus. When he saw Jesus. He fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. Who's him? I didn't say sing a hymn. I said, who's him? My little daughter is dying. He said, please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so that she, say she, Not sushi. Say she. So she can live. She is so cute. Verse 24. Jesus went with him. Who's him? No. Jairus is Jesus. (laughs) Jesus went with Jesus. (laughs) Oh, man. Jesus went with Jairus. And all the people followed crowding around him so you get the mental picture jesus gets out of a boat people are coming and grabbing onto him and one dude goes hey look my daughter is dying i need you to heal her and help her he's like all right let's go and as he started walking everybody followed and as they're following they're they're right on his heels they're right on his achilles and a woman say a woman say a girl a girl in the crowd had suffered say suffered For 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. No better. I love the way it says that. No better. She had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through this large crowd and touched his robe. For she thought it herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, say immediately. Not, Not in a process. Not eventually. Not momentarily, not occasionally, but immediately. Immediately the bleeding, say bleeding, stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. And Then the frightened woman that touched his robe, right? Trembling at the realization of what, he had, what, of what had happened to her, because she had just been healed, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Some translations say told him everything that she had done or told him her story and what had happened. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Say over. Say over. Not overt. Say over. Not over her. Say over. or suffer, your suffering is over. Flip over to Colossians. I was say something else, didn't you? Colossians chapter 2, <laughs> verse... Yeah, right, dog. Nine! Did you hear what I said? Colossians 2, verse 9. You you know, you just got to mix things up once in a while. Keep people in the back. Make sure that we're here. We're here. She goes, are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. I feel awkward. Uh, Colossians 2, verse 9. For in him, who's him? It ain't Jairus. Who is it? Thank you, dog. Who's him? All right, so in Jesus dwells. Say dwells. All. Say all. Does it it say some? Not S-U-M, but S-O-M-E. Does it say some? It doesn't, does it? I don't even know what it said. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete. Say complete. Come on, say me. That don't work. Say I am complete. Start over. I am complete in Jesus. This is the truth. Woo! Who is the head of all principality and power. Would you pray with me? Let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Help us to see what it means to be complete in him. Jesus, we thank you that you uh, really did heal this woman. True story. You were walking with your robe. We don't know what that looked like. uh, But this girl came about you, and she touched you, and she'd been sick for 12 years, and immediately she was healed. And somewhere in this story, we find us as individuals like that woman and we find you as the healer and the rescuer of our life and that we ask tonight god that you would help us to see what it means to be your children god we ask that you'd help us see what it means to be healed and what it means to be complete and what it means to be restored we ask that you would help us to understand what you have done and what you're doing god help us to see the reality because the truth is We have seen and believed so many lies, and we need you to wash our mind's eye that we might set our mind and our hearts on that which is true, on that which is eternal. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about um, this idea of community. We've been sharing a little bit about how lonely we are as humans and how badly we long for relationship. You know what I'm saying? I can listen to podcast after podcast. Excuse me, my goodness. Podcast after podcast, and song after song of worship. I can sit there and listen to things and read books and read things all day long, but if I don't have relationship with people that are children of God, and I don't have an intimate relationship with my father, life sucks. Life sucks. I was not just made for relationship with God. I was actually also made for relationship with people. And not just people, but I was made for relationship with those who are my brothers and my sisters in Christ. Are you following me? I'm not saying that you were, well, I'll just say what I am saying. I am saying that you need one another. And I want to build a community. I want to be part of a community where we share life together and we encourage each other, and we live in life together. And I want to be a part of something here on a Thursday night that when we come, we don't just come to attend and to hear some music and to hear somebody speak, but that we would take time and be intentional about being real with each other and sharing life with each other. But that doesn't happen unless you understand why we're doing this. And so for the past two, three weeks, I've been talking about why we're doing what we're doing. And if you've lost sight of, in any way, why you're doing what you're doing, if, you're, if you've lost sight of the reason why you should be coming and the reason why you should be worshiping and the reason why you should be reading your Bible and the reason why you should be loving somebody and serving somebody and listening to somebody and encouraging somebody and praying for somebody, if you've lost sight of the reason why you're doing those things, and you will get tired. You will get weary. You will want to give up. And you will never want to come back. But if your motivation is that which it should be, which I'm going to give in a minute, I've been giving this 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 past two, three weeks, I'm going to keep giving it. If you lose sight of this reason and motivation, if you lose sight of the reason of your inspiration, you will hate being a Christian. Because it just sucks if you don't know why you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't know, if you, look, if I don't have gas in my car, I ain't pushing the dang thing around. I need motivation. If we're going to build a healthy community, if we're going to be a family, if we're going to share in life and build a community with each other, my goodness, if I'm going to lay down my life for somebody, i got to have motivation, and not motivation that lasts temporarily, but I need motivation that never fails. I need motivation that helps me be patient. I need motivation that helps me be pers- to persevere. I need, I need a motivation that helps me have peace when times suck. If I'm going to sit there and listen to somebody year after year after year after year, and they don't get any better, I need motivation that says, I'm here no matter what. I'm not here if you get better. I'm here because I'm here because he's here with me. Talking about building a community that is that is foreign to our world and to our culture. I'm talking about living and sharing life together that the, that, that meets the demand of your heart when you sit and you share life with people. I almost said something. It sounded really bad, but I didn't say that. I swear. That was funny. I don't care who you are. That was funny right there. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh. I really, I really need motivation because this life gets old being a Christian if I don't got a reason. Can anybody testify to that? Like, I'm not asking you to throw out your hanky or nothing. I'm just asking you to say, yeah, I'm with you, bro. Life sucks if you don't got a reason. Thanks, bro. Keep it up, man. Keep it up. What is that, a baby wipe or was that a burp rag or? Okay. Those are beautiful. Verilla, they save you so many times. What was I talking about? Motivation. So, my question is well, how, before I ask a question, we are people designed to be motivated. You're, you're here tonight with some motivation. Amen. So what is your motivation? Does anybody listen to me? I feel like I'm talking to myself. So what? What? What is your motivation? Man. I'm asking you a rhetorical question. I feel sick. Just kidding. Because you came here for a reason. Like, you're here for a reason. Tonight. You read your Bible for a reason. So if I'm going to do this thing called following God and loving people, I need motivation that never fails. Right? And if that motivation is not the love of Christ and how he feels about me, and what he has done for me, and what he is doing for me, and what he promises to do for me, if it is not Christ and who he is, then my life will suck. But if my motivation is the love of Christ, if my motivation is when I set my perspective on who Jesus is, what he has done, what he is doing, what he's going to do. If I set my perspective on that, I promise you I have desire, I have motivation, I have a want to. It gives me a yearning and a desire to actually love somebody and pray and spend time with God and worship God and glorify God and be with the people of God and encourage the people of God and listen to the people of God and be patient with the people of God and persevere through tough times. And I have peace and I have joy and I have strength. Well, my motivation is the love of Christ. So that must be our bedrock. That must be our foundation. That must be our reason, our motivation, our inspiration for being in life and sharing life with people. It must be Jesus. And so I'll say this way. If you feel like you don't want to be around the people of God and you don't want to love God, and you don't want to encourage people, it's, it's simply because, if that's you, it's simply because you're not motivated by Jesus. So you may say your motivation is Jesus, but if you don't want to love people, your motivation is not Jesus. Your motivation is you. Mark chapter 5 is an awesome picture for us of what has happened to us. And it gives us a glimpse into what Jesus has done for us and it gives us a reason of what we should do for each other. Are you following me? Are you, are you following me? Somebody help me. I'm talking about two things. Two things. First thing is I need a reason. Second thing is I want to build community. I want to be talking about for the next I don't know how many weeks what it means to build an authentic Christian community. You following me? I, I want to talk about that. I want to define what what does love look like? Oh, just love God and love people. What does what love really look like and the word describes to us what love looks like so I want to be going into what love looks like but if I just keep talking to you nonstop about what love looks like but I don't give you a reason of why you ought to love then you're not going to have motivation you're going to say Gabriel just controlling me I'm out of here peace not controlling nobody you don't have to be here I don't have to be here we want to be here because we love each other. Community. Community. You follow me? I've been talking about motivation, and now I want to talk about community. Community. We talked about Christ must be the focus, and then last week we talked about the second ingredient to a healthy community is being devoted to each other. You follow me? Devoted to each other. I'm here. I'm committed. I'm not going nowhere. We're linking arms we're linking shoulders we're linking toes that's weird but we're gonna link them and <laughs> and we're just we're linking we're not linking anything else we're linking together and we're devoted to each other and tonight I want to talk about listening to each other say listening come on say listening to one another we' want to talk about listening to one another because if we don't have this ingredient Christian community sucks if you don't have anybody listening to you your life sucks if you don't have if you don't have somebody asking you questions, you feel lonely. Can anybody testify? If, 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 if you hear somebody preach week after week after week, but you don't get to tell somebody what's going on in your heart or your life or the struggles you're going through or the feelings that you have or the longings that you have or the weaknesses that you have or the sins that you're dealing with, if you are not able to share your life story, your life's going to suck because you were made to share your heart and life. Gabriel, you said suck like ten times. I know. Because as I look at this story of this woman, who was bleeding for 12 years, the reality is her life sucked. Can you use another word? No, I can't think of another word. It's a horrible word, and it describes her horrible situation. As we talk about community and listening to one another, there's three things. There's three things you and I must understand on how to communicate in our life to each other do you know what you do you know what you really want <laughs> uh, uh Jerris, you know, guys, the reason I'm here tonight is to tell you, you guys just all want Jerris, <laughs> and the and the rest of you want Jairus' daughter. <laughs> okay, no. What we really want, is we want to we want to be perfectly known. And we want to be unconditionally loved. If you feel lonely, it's because you don't feel perfectly known. If you feel lonely, it's because you don't feel unconditionally loved. And you you can put all your faces on it, but I see right through it. And so do all your friends. But keep doing it if, if you really want to two things we want we want to be perfectly known and unconditionally loved but it starts with us it starts with us allowing ourselves to be perfectly known and for us to be perfectly known we have to learn how to tell our story usually what i do when i meet with somebody for the first time and if you if you've met with me i haven't done this to you please come tell me afterwards and <laughs> i'll make sure i do this but usually i try to do the first time I meet with somebody is to ask them what's your story I want to know what your life has been like. I want to know what you've gone through. I want to know you as a person, as a human being. Not because I feel like I have to, and I want to counsel you, and I want to fix you, but because I just want to know you and be with you in your life. But what I find so often, I met with somebody recently this week, and I said, hey, would you tell me your story? And they sat there for about 15 seconds thinking. And at the end, they talked to me. They talked for almost two hours. Amazing time. And they said, I asked them, I said, have you ever shared your story with anybody? And in tears, weeping, this person said, no, I've never, nobody's ever asked me my story. And as humans, we long for our story to be heard. And if you long for your story to be heard, you have to be willing to tell your story. But let me say this real quick. For all those people who like to fix people, you need to learn to shut up and listen to somebody. Because your greatest desire is not to be fixed. Your greatest desire is to be known and to be loved. I really want to be fixed. But if I'm not fixed, can somebody just know me and love me even though I'm not fixed? That's what I really want. So the goal is to listen to one another. In this story, there's three things. There's three things that we must understand. There's three things that we must look at. There's three things that we must address in this story, but we must also address in our own lives. As we look at this story, there's a few different people, but primarily there's two people that are pinpointed and the focus of this story. It's this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. We don't need to go into detail. And Jesus. These are the two highlighted people of this story. The question we must always ask is, who is Jesus in this story? How does he relate with broken and sinful and hurting and diseased people? And who am I in that story? And how should I relate with Jesus and how he relates with me? Does that make sense? Obviously, Jesus in the story is Jesus. And I am the bleeding woman. We are individually, (laughs) some of you are like, that's weird. (laughs) Please go with me. Can can you... (laughs) Can we just be a little mature and just step over that and just go, okay, he's not a bleeding woman. It's an analogy. It's a metaphor. Okay. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. Okay. So we are individually this person that is bleeding or has a disease. You following me? Three things. Why are you texting me? <laughs> That's funny. Somebody's texting me. I'm not going to point out who they were or anything. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, so three things. The need. Say need. Come on, say need. The need. Second thing, the crutch. Say the crutch. The coping mechanism. Say the coping mechanism. Yes, yeah, the like coping mechanism like that. And then the third thing is the cure. Say the cure. In your life, there are these three things that you cannot get away from. You have a constant need. Say need. You have a constant longing. Say longing. You have a constant desire. Say desire. You have a constant hope. Say hope. You have this thing called your emotional, spiritual heart that you can't get away from these longings, these desires, these hopes, these dreams, these aspirations, these needs. It haunts you. You cannot live without these things being met and these things fulfilled are you following me I have a need this woman had been bleeding for 12 years and she had a need and this need was for that simply to be fixed and you and I are people that have needs And let's just be honest. You know what those needs are? You know what those wants are? You know what those desires and longings and hopes and dreams are? I want to be seen. That's one of my needs. That's one of your needs. I want to be the favorite. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. You're a liar if you say it's not. I want to be heard. I want peace and I long for security. I long to be forgiven. I long to be accepted. Anybody long to be accepted? Anybody long to be healed? Anybody, anybody long to be forgiven? Anybody long for their conscience to be cleared? Anybody? Anybody long to be understood? Does anybody long to be the favorite one? Nobody? You may never say it, because in your life, you realize you weren't the favorite one, so you just accept it with not being the favorite one. But in the depth of your heart, you really just want to be the favorite one. The sad thing is, is your parents can't make you the favorite one, because somebody is, and you're not. And they always say, oh, I don't have favorites. I mean, you're all my favorite, But really, as humans, we can't really do that. God doesn't show favoritism, but we do. I mean, we try really hard, you know. We can love all of our kids the same because we all have a bunch of kids, right? You guys relate with me. But nobody can perfectly not have favorites. But you have a need to be favored. And like this woman who has spent all that she had, To get better. She used every coping mechanism. She went to every single doctor. She went to every physician. She tried every drug. She tried every cure. And not only did it not get better, it got worse. Anybody ever feel, and you don't have to answer this, but anybody ever feel like those desires that are that are killing your heart are just, if not getting better, they're getting worse? Maybe you wouldn't actually stand up and say that, but the truth is you lay your head down at night and you wrestle with this dichotomy that I'm a child of God, but then again I feel like I'm a decrepit, horrible, wretched person and I'm just utterly depressed. When you wake up, you have this natural ability to be really, really good at finding ways to cope in life. And you may say that people that get drunk on the weekends are worse than you, but the truth is you have your way of coping just like anybody else. And if, it's, and if, if you're going to be really honest, your addiction is just as bad as anybody's addiction. How can you say such a thing? Because you're just as sinful as any other person. You just deal with it a little bit better. Your life circumstance may have been a little bit better. You may just be a little bit more blessed physically and, and on this earth, and so you can get by a little bit better. But the truth is, you're just, you're, you're diseased. The truth is, you have so much weaknesses. The truth is, you're in so much pain. The truth is, you're just broken, and you're a fault, and you're a failure, and you just can't make it through life. The truth is, you just are a loser. Hope you're encouraged tonight. Gosh, this is church. I can't wait to come back next week. They don't even serve food here. This place sucks. I'm a failure. And I'm a loser. I'm not really good at being okay with being a loser, but I'm still a loser. I'm not very I'm not very good at being satisfied with being a complete failure, but I'm a complete failure. And the more comfortable I am with being a complete failure, the more easy it is to grab a hold of Jesus. I don't know what your coping mechanism is, you know. Maybe it is drugs. Maybe it is attention from guys for the girls. Maybe for you girls, you just can't wait for that guy to say something to you or you can't wait to get their attention or you can't wait to, for them to look at you or to text you or to email you or to touch you in the way or whatever. Maybe for some of you, it's, Looking at pornography and masturbating, and you've masturbated yourself away. Maybe for some of you, it's playing sports because you're good at them, so you know how to cope in life because you find life. I just need to go. I just going to go. You know, play some sports, man. I just need to go and go for a run. And as innocent as going for a run is, and is. Your need is not getting any better. It's actually getting worse. You're still sick. You're still bleeding. And unless you find a cure, unless you find somebody to help you, you're still going to just bleed to death. And life's just going to keep sucking. I don't know what your coping mechanism is, you know. Maybe your coping mechanism is is giving a reason for everything. You know, you, you tell your story. You go, well, you know, that's just how life is, you know. I mean... I mean, I guess we're all, you know. I've heard this before, and, and if you've told me this recently, I know you're in this room tonight. So I'm not ref- referencing you right now, just so you know. I've heard this many times, but you just gotta say disclaimers like that because you're like, he's talking about me, I'm not talking about you. But I've heard things like. It's just the way life goes. You know? I mean, it's, it's, it's just, or this one. This is the funniest one. We're all human. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm human. Because, I mean, that person over there, I mean, they're, they're probably worse than I am, so <laughs> I feel better now. And you're just bleeding and bleeding, and, and the way you stop that bleeding is you just say, well, at least I'm human. And it makes you feel better because you don't want to be alone in that. So you're just medicating your wounds, your pains. M- maybe your way of coping is whenever you're around people. For girls, I see this often. You're around Whenever you're around uh, guys, you're just really rude to the guy because you don't know how to relate to a guy. You're afraid that he might think he, you like him, so you're just going to be really rude to him. You're afraid of just being you. Because if if you're you, what if they don't like you? So I'm not going to be me. I'm just going to put on all these guards and all these faces and all these facades. Because, man, if they ever saw me, what if they don't like me? Someone's going to get by by being this other person. I told somebody recently, and I haven't told too many people this. And I don't care if you laugh at me because Paul said boast in your weaknesses. So I'm going to boast for a moment. When I was younger, I was so lonely, I created a person that I talked to. To the age I was 16, till I got saved, I talked to this person from the age I was 8, from 8 to 16. And it was my way of coping. I was so lonely. I was so afraid. I was so sad. I was so angry. I was so hurt. I felt so guilty. I did everything I could to meet those needs, and I literally create a person. You want to know his name was? It, it was a guy. I just told I just told Justin this yesterday because I hadn't told people this thing. I'm starting to realize there's things I haven't told about my story to people, and I'm learning to, to- talk about those things. It's, it's kind of funny. You can laugh at this. His name was Jack Ice. Jack Ice. And and <laughs> true story. It's a good name, dude. I actually considered naming my son Jack. Ice. Don't tell Ash. Don't tell Ashley that. But I was so lonely that I had to find a way to meet that need, you know. And so I literally lived this other life, as Jack Ice. And I would, I would, I would, I would live out this life. And Jack Ice was like the the super Gabriel. Jack Ice was like was like the 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 epitome, the the the, the superfluous uh, Gabriel. And as long as I was Jack Ice, I felt comfortable. So one day I was eighteen. I hadn't. Been Jack in two years. <laughs> but I'd forgotten about Jack. And I was saved at this point. And I was in the gym and I was thinking about Jack. And uh, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Gabriel, I want you to know that Gabriel's good enough. You don't need to be Jack anymore. And some of you that you may think, Gabriel. You're crazy. <laughs> Jack is a figment of your imagination. Exactly. But Jack was my coping mechanism. Jack Ice was, was the thing that made me feel better about myself. And if I ever felt bad about being Gabriel, I'd just go be Jack. And I'm at a place now where I know that Gabriel Webb is good enough. And I'm perfectly loved. And the more that I'm known, the more safe I feel. I don't know what your coping mechanism is. I pray that God would show you. Maybe your coping mechanism is just not being around people or hiding. Maybe it's beating yourself up, condemning yourself. I don't know. Maybe it's cutting yourself. Maybe you you ponder suicide because you want to feel, because you've learned in your life to medicate you've learned in your life to cope through your pains. And so you really want to feel something again because you've learned to numb those pains, and so you've thought about killing yourself. And so in the meantime, instead of killing myself, I'm just going to cut myself. I pray tonight that God would show you your coping mechanism. And I can't name them all because we're so good at finding coping mechanisms we're so good at it. We're brilliant. You know why we're so brilliant? Because we have this need. Okay? We have this need. It has to be f- I'll give you an example. You know what a, you know what a, like a blender. Anybody use blenders ever? You know, you put like frozen stuff in there and juice and okay, I I use a blender every morning. I make a I make a fruit smoothie with vitamins. And uh and then usually you guys don't need to know my diet, but whatever. I so I use this blender. <laughs> we're really interested. Please keep telling. Uh <laughs> And with this blender I've I've found that if you don't have the the, the top on top, you know what I'm saying, like the top that that I found th- through osmosis, I found that things just uh just shoot everywhere. And you know, if I was from, you know, Mars or Willow, if I was from somewhere that didn't have uh Willow. I, I know, I've never used that joke before uh and I'd never seen a blender before um maybe 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 a blender um may, maybe a blender without a top would be normal to me, but obviously blenders needs tops, and so you get really creative if you don't have a top what happened today elbow you know <laughs> sticking anything. And there to cover your face, you know, your shirt, you know, whatever, whatever works. Usually, you know, Gabriel, a plate would work. No, no, I insist. My face works better. (laughs) You're weird, I know, but but when you don't have plates, you use something, a bunch of forks, you know, all the way across. A baby's bottom. Zayden, come here. Daddy, come here, son. Your butt's going to be really cold. Come here, buddy. (laughs) Ashley walks in. (laughs) That's horrible. I'd never do such a thing. I would never do that. That's never even crossed my mind. Ashley, where's the blender? Hi, Zayden. (laughs) Find the blender. Ashley, where's where's the top? Zayden's looking at me. Okay, come here, buddy. We are like a blender, and without a top, we're just all over the place. You hear what I'm saying? Some of you, some of you get frustrated at people because they don't know how to keep their stuff in, and they let it out all the time, and they get it all over everybody. And they're rude, and they're harsh, and they're upsetting. They they hurt people. They're rude to people. They have outbursts, and they they get crazy on people. But the problem is is that you don't understand that you're just better at putting a top on than they are. And you find glory in how good you are about covering up your mess, but they don't know how to do it anymore because they're tired of being fake. You have a need, you have a coping mechanism, and then you have a cure. In my life, I want to be honest about three things. I want to be honest that I have these needs. I want to be heard. I want to be wanted. I want to be seen. I want to be acknowledged. I want to be loved. I want to be known. I want to be accepted. I want to be forgiven. I want to be adopted. I want to be wanted. I really, really, really want to be wanted. I need to be honest about that. I care too much about the way I think or the way I dress or the way I look because if I'm really good at that, then I know that people will want me more, particularly in America. So I've learned how to cope. I've gotten really good at coping. and So I need to be honest in my life with you. I need to be honest in my life with my wife and my life with my friends. I need to be honest with the reality that I have a need. And if you're going to live in life with each other, if you're not honest with your your need, if you're not honest with the reality that you have this problem that, 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 that you cannot fill, if you have this internal problem that's causing you to bleed, Your life will be miserable. Be honest with the reality that you have an internal problem that is causing you to bleed. And then secondly, this is I'm teaching us right now how to tell our story. Are you following me? I'm trying to help us because I'm trying to help you to make yourself known. Is it scary? It's scary. It's, it's scary as hell. That's how scary it is. Being real about who you really are is probably more scary than the idea of hell itself. But I'm challenging you that if you really want to live a full life, you've got to be willing to be honest with the internal need that you have. Otherwise, your life will suck. And the second thing you must be willing to admit is not only your internal struggle and need, but your coping mechanism. That thing which you rely on and you use as a crutch to get through your life. And if you're not honest with it, believe me, everybody else sees it. You're just the only one not willing to admit it. You following me? Be, be, be honest. I, I, you can take this and run with it and live a life of fullness, or you can just ignore what I'm saying and, and keep hating your life. Really? That's, it's that simple? It's really that simple. How do you know? Because I, 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 I live this. I find life when I tell people my junk. What? True story. Be willing to express your need. Be willing to express your coping mechanism. And thirdly, I must, I must end it with this. As we close we're going to break up in groups and we're going to practice this. So it's going to be real fun. You don't have to. You don't have to do this. You can go home. You can wait. Eventually, God will bring you to a place where you go, okay, I've been eating in the pig's pen, and I'm just a loser. The third thing is this. You must be willing to believe that Christ Jesus completes your every need and your every demand and your every longing and your every hope and your every dream and your every aspiration that Jesus Christ is the sum of and the fulfillment of everything that God ever intended for you. And if you're not willing to believe that, your life will continue to bleed. And your life will continue to suck. You have a need. You have a coping mechanism. You have to be willing to set aside those coping mechanisms and say, Jesus, I believe that you want me. I believe that you accept me. I believe that you love me unconditionally. I believe that you've forgiven me. I believe that you've adopted me. I believe that you've blessed me. I believe that you encouraged me. I believe that you sat me in heavenly places. I believe that you filled me with your Holy Spirit. And as I believe these truths, every desire and longing of my heart is met, and I no longer bleed on people. Are you following me? Thank you, Justin. Anybody else? What I'm saying is you have these needs, these internal needs. And if it's not fixed, if it's not cured, you're going to live an impaired life of sin. And give yourself the things that just make you worse off than you were in the beginning. But if you're willing to admit your need Confess that which you rely on and believe in Jesus Christ on a daily basis. Every day I wake up and I say, yes, Lord, I believe that you love me unconditionally, even though I'm an addict. Are you hearing me? And in my confession of my need, in my confession of my coping mechanism, and in my confession that Jesus is all that I need, and in my constant walking in faith of that reality, I. Find life. But I have to be willing to say, you know what? All, hell, all, all else doesn't work. And I just need Jesus. And I have to be willing to say, I don't just need Jesus. I actually need my brothers and sisters. Are you willing to be honest? Jesus. Jesus is the sum and the fulfillment of everything that God intended for you. Colossians 2.10 says that you, say me, come on, say me, say I, we are complete in him. That means that you are incomplete. But when you're with Christ, he completes you. Please listen to me as I, as I close with this last thought. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you didn't come up with the idea of believing in him yourself. <laughs> he gave you that idea. And if he gave you that idea, he's pursued you relentlessly. And if he's pursued you relentlessly, he, God, has made you his child. And if you're his child, He loves you the same way he loves his own son, Jesus, who is with him forever. And if he loves you the same way he loves his own son, Jesus, he'll never neglect you. He'll never reject you. He'll never give up on you. And if he loves you that way, he's also poured out his spirit in your heart to make sure that you will be with him forever. The Spirit of God is in your heart. Gabriel, I don't really feel like it. I know, but you have an opportunity to choose to believe that because if you believe that, all of those needs and those desires and those wants will be met. But if you question that, you're going to continue to bleed. And bleeding looks like all of your coping mechanisms that just make you worse. I need, I, I need you to believe with me. I need you to believe with me that you really are a child of God. Come on. You really want to be wanted. And you know what? If you believe that God wants you, your heart is healed. So what do you mean the next day I don't have to believe that anymore? No, actually, you're not fixed. You're not fixed until one day you get to heaven. One day you get to heaven, you'll be perfectly fixed. You won't need, you won't, you won't even necessarily need faith anymore. You're gonna be perfectly fixed in heaven. You're just gonna be with Jesus and be with each other perfectly. You're not gonna have any. You're not gonna have any wounds and hurts and sadness and grief and guilt and shame. You're not gonna have any of that. Every need is gonna be perfectly met. But in the meantime. I need to rely on Jesus every single day. And that reliance looks like me simply choosing to believe that which is already done for me. And as I believe that he loves me and that he accepts me and that he's adopted me, I find the cure for my need. Three things. Confess your need. Confess your crutch. And believe that Jesus completes you. And I'm not saying that if you believe in Jesus, he will complete you. I'm saying that you are complete in Jesus. You're just not walking in the fruit of that because you're not believing that. You hearing what I'm saying? I'm not saying that if you believe enough, if you believe enough, then God's going to love you. I'm saying you're already loved. But if you believe that, you're not going to need any more coping mechanisms. If you don't believe that, you're going to keep coping. And you're going to be really, really good at it. And the older you get, the better you get. So when you're young, learn how to give away those coping mechanisms and those crutches. Would you stand with me? I'm here tonight because I love you all. I don't even know all of you, but those of you who I know I love. I'm so glad you came tonight. I really long for authentic community. I really long for you to be healthy. I didn't say fixed. Because you may not get fixed. I, I have this problem with, you may not get fixed, but at least you'll be known and loved. You hearing me? You may not get fixed. If he fixes you, praise God. You may not get fixed, though. Eventually you will. That's our hope. I have a hope that I'll be fixed one day. Praise God. But right now I'm not fixed. I have all these needs, and Jesus completes me. I have a desire and I have a passion that you and I, that every single one of us would experience this authentic community. But that will not happen unless you're honest about your need, about your coping mechanism, and about believing that Jesus meets all of that. Amen. We don't have enough time to do that tonight, but I want to start, if we could, doing that. I'm not going to ask you to break up into groups. I'm going to encourage you to make time to do that. Tonight, if you can, get with a guy if you're a guy. Get with a girl if you're a girl. And choose to be honest about these things in your life. Every day you wake up, you feel a need. Voice it. And then believe that Jesus meets it. It's kind of out there, Gabriel. I know. It's a life of faith. But, it, but Jesus works is a real deal. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you love us unconditionally. Lord, I thank you that we are orphans, but you've adopted us as your children. And now that need for being an orphan is met when we believe that we're your children. God, we have so many desires, and another one of them is to be forgiven of all of our sins. But God, you said that you've forgiven us of all of our sins. You've cast them as far as the east is from the west. So God, help us to believe that you've forgiven us of all of our sins. God, help us to believe the truths, like the truth that you said that you chose us. Because, Lord, we really want to be wanted. We really, really, really want to be wanted. We want somebody to want us. We really just want you to want us. God, help us to see and to believe that you chose us because you really want us. God, we really long for security. We really hope for security. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see that you have set your seal and your security upon us by giving us your spirit. Help us to believe that, God. I pray for your people right now. God, I pray from the bottom of my heart that you'd help them to see and to believe who you are, how you feel about them, what you've done, what you're doing, what you're going to do. God, that we would become a people that look to you and find our hope, find our strength, find our life in you because we're a bunch of needy and broken people. And God, I pray that from that, we would live a life of love. Lord, I pray that you would make us an awesome community, and that you'd knit our hearts, and that you'd teach us Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd teach us how to do this. And Lord, I also pray that you'd show us our needs, and that you'd show us our coping mechanisms, and help us to be bold and courageous and honest enough To share those things. We love you. We bless you. We thank you that the devil is a liar and you are real and you are awesome and you have said that we are your children and that you love us so much and we set our hope in that and that meets every need and demand. In Jesus name, amen. I do love you. That's why I'm here. Take some time if not tonight. Take some time this week Take some time every day to share your life with somebody. Have a good night. It's good seeing you.